Today we move on to chapter 7 and 9 of the book Authentic Relationships. We are halfway through the book and I want to continue to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, please get a copy and read it. It's all about how we should treat one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. The main underlying theme of the book is that we are in community. We are not just coming to church individually, but we are in a church as a family, and we have responsibilities to each other. So this morning I want to focus on three more of these responsibilities to each other. Build, instruct, and admonish. In the book, there are these three verses relating to these three ways of sharing relationships. Firstly, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, dealing with building. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. So, building one another. Secondly, Romans 15, 14, it says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. And of course, this refers to sisters as well, instructing one another. And then Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness, in your hearts to God. It is therefore clear that the Bible tells us as brothers and sisters to build up one another, to instruct one another, and to admonish one another. How do we do this? Let me first ask you, how many of you have seen the two national treasure movies starring Nicolas Cage? Don't be shy. Nobody? Oh, very few of you. One only. One and two. It's all three. Three. Well, the first came out uh, 13 years ago. And there's a third movie, National Treasure Trees, is now in development. The two earlier movies, and no doubt this upcoming one, hinge on the discovery of an ancient map or clue. The historians who find this map or clue realize that if they could just understand and follow it, it would lead them to hidden treasure and they would be rich beyond their wildest dreams. Actually, this is the dream of many historians. But unfortunately, there's not much hope for treasure for church historians. Not in this world, at least. And in the movies, there are always difficulties and dangers. People don't believe there's a map. They read it wrongly or they don't have the key to the code. But we know how the story ends. The hero solves all the puzzles within minutes. He finds the treasure and gets rich. I tell you all this because at the end of Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul writes of a mystery that has been hidden for ages and generations. And there are riches of the glory of this mystery. It is like a map hidden away that has now come to light with promise of treasure. And Paul had that map. And so in Colossians chapter 2, Paul reveals what that mystery is. 
and what treasure can be found. When Paul wrote this letter, he was probably in prison already in Ephesus, which is on the southern coast of Turkey. He was writing to the new church of Colossae, about 160 kilometers north inland. And even though he was in prison, Paul had that hidden map. He knew what the treasure was. So I think looking at Colossians 2, this passage will help us understand better how to build, instruct, and admonish each other. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And here, the Apostle Paul writes, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is the word of God. Okay, so it's not about gold and money. But it should be no surprise that Jesus is God's mystery. He is the secret and he is also the treasure. Jesus is the one which we all have to find. In him are the riches of glory. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Find him and you have the treasure. What has this got to do with building, instructing and admonishing one another? Well, all these only make sense in relation to Jesus. Jesus, the mystery and the treasure, is the key to life and universe. Building, instructing and admonishing are like the steps or stages of the journey to Jesus. And the Authors of this book we are looking at, Wayne and Clay Jacobson, they have that focus. In describing building one another, they say that building or edifying one another is simply a way of putting our focus back on Jesus and the unfolding of life, of his life in us. We build one another up in Christ. It is not for personal fulfillment. It is not just to solve problems. It is an act of love to nourish others in the life of Jesus. It is getting people to put their focus back on Jesus. When Jesus is in the center of our world, then, as my favorite theologian uh, says, the world will stop spinning in incomprehensible circles and begin to make sense. We find our life in Jesus. And we are all on this journey to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. Helping one another redirect our focus on Jesus. That is building up one another. That is knitting our hearts together in the love of God. And we have to do this because often we look to the wrong solutions. We turn to our own personal resources. Or we turn to business ethics. Or continuous activity. Endless service even in church. When we should simply turn to Jesus. When I was in university many years ago, it was a confusing time. Lots of changes to adapt to. Problems at home. I had a friend 
who just decided to come up to me regularly to ask about my prayer life, my spending time with God, my knowing His Word. He tried to get me to look at my difficulties with God in the picture. We would pray together, but it wasn't a very overtly spiritual encounter. He was just helping me to always turn to God, to focus on God and not on my problems. He was building me up. And we all can do this to one another at all stages of our walk with God. When I became a pastor, Pastor Melvin mentored me. And he always told me, in whatever situation, to leave room for God to work. That redirecting my focus to God. Not being discouraged, but waiting for God to act. That was building me up. Pastor Melvin also told me that the fish and chips at Smith's Bukitima is the real deal. That I should always get the special seafood Hokkien Mee at the new Ubin Seafood Restaurant. That is building me up in a different way. But I'm also grateful for that. In addition to building one another, we can instruct one another. And again, we can all do this because this is not about just leading Bible study or teaching Sunday school. I know we dedicated teaching ministries just now. But instructing is simply about having the right conversations with others and sharing. As the authors say, instructing is sharing the insights God drops into our lives. It is lessons from others. And this is the most powerful process we need for the journey. The authors say, whenever I see something in scripture that touches my life, I always look for someone else in my place. This can be any insight from God. Two weeks ago, my wife sent me a photo of a page from a prayer book she uses every morning for devotions. And she thought it would strike a chord within me, and it did. This is what the prayer said. O God, our Father, who commanded us to live in fellowship with one another, keep us from everything which would make us difficult to live with today. Help us never thoughtlessly or deliberately to speak in such a way that we would hurt another's feeling or wound another's heart. Keep us from all impatience, from all irritability, and from a temper which is too quick. Keep us from eyes which are focused to find fault and from a tongue which is tuned to criticize. Keep us from being touchy and quick to take offense and slow to forget it. And the prayer goes on. It ends with, grant to us all through this day something of the grace and beauty which shone upon our blessed Lord Jesus. A very beautiful prayer, which I then decided to pray every morning myself. This is my wife instructing me. She knows me and she knew that I needed this prayer because I can be very critical and complaining. She had already restricted me that when I'm driving with her, I can only point out and complain about two cars a day. <laughs> I use up my quota just driving her to work in the morning. But this sharing of a prayer is how we can instruct one another. We share so many other things on social media. Just this weekend, 
Yesterday, people have shared with me a Mr. Man cartoon on Donald Trump. They shared with me the Singapore first, sorry, the America first, Singapore second video, copying the one Netherlands did, also spoofing Donald Trump. Right? We share so many things. So why not prayers and scripture and insights from God to instruct one another? The third way of sharing relationships is admonishing one another. Now, admonishing does not just mean scolding. In the Jewish writings, in the Mishnah, they have a collection of the opinions of rabbis or teachers on various subjects. It was all part of debates about how to implement God's commands. So answering the question, how far should you go in admonishing people, one rabbi replied, until they beat you up. That is when you take admonishing to mean scolding. Because admonishing can also mean advising or urging earnestly. The authors of our book take admonish to mean our willingness to be gently honest with people we see making hurtful choices. Gently honest. This is on a journey of being transformed by God. And so we are to admonish others when it will help them walk in greater wisdom. It is about accountability. It is not about being superior to others. It is not about criticizing someone. This is a story of a man who came up to a pastor and said, Pastor, I have only one gift, the gift of criticism. What can I do with my gift? And the pastor told him, bury it. <laughs> because we are to build up, not tear down. But when we see a Christian brother or sister moving off the path, moving away from Jesus, then I think we should speak up gently in love. After all, Proverbs says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And are we all not wise? We have the fear of the Lord in us. And again, we are told that is the beginning of wisdom. Now, you may not know it, but when the Methodist movement started 300 years ago, we were experts in admonishing one another in small groups. The early Methodists would meet once a week in neighborhood small groups called classes or bands. And class leaders were mentioned just now during the dedication. The early Methodists would begin with singing or prayer in their class or band meetings. And then they would talk about the true state of their souls, as they put it, to speak each of us in order, freely and plainly, the true state of our souls with the faults we have committed in thought, word or deed and the temptations we have felt since our last meeting. And this, of course, required openness, transparency and honesty. So before anybody was admitted into a Methodist class, he or she was asked these questions. Do you desire to be told of all your faults and that plain and home? That is simply, do you desire that every one of us should tell you from time to time whatsoever is in his heart concerning you? 
Do you desire we should tell you whatsoever we think, whatsoever we fear, whatsoever we hear concerning you? Do you desire that in doing this we should come as close as possible, that we should cut to the quick and search your heart to the bottom? Today, we may see this as intrusive and meddling. We don't want people asking us about our private lives. We don't want to share things. Some things we think, our faith, for example, is private. You see, we have come to accept the Western secular belief that religion is private and nobody else's business. But Christianity is never private. It is a personal faith, yes, because you must come to God personally with your own faith. But it is not a private faith. Christianity is a public faith because we live out our Christian lives in public, in front of everybody else. And so the early Methodist classes did not meet for Bible study. They met for this sort of accountability because we Methodists believe that you can and should live a perfect Christian life. And the early Methodist open confession and admonishing was done in love, gently, but to your face, because there was no gossiping behind your back. Methodists told each other honestly where they saw their brothers and sisters moving away from God. It was their knitting hearts together in love so that all could find understanding and knowledge of Jesus in whom are the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The treasure that is in Jesus is a gift. It is not a weapon. And close Christian relationships and accountability are not meant to embarrass you or humiliate you or even make you feel small and inadequate. It is meant to strengthen you, to encourage you and to make you a better Christian. I think we need more of that today. Christian brothers and sisters who will walk alongside with us to gently but firmly point out when we are stepping off the path. Now obviously you can only do that with someone you have a close and deep relationship with. And so this is also a call for us to build better relationships with each other in church. Don't just come to church on Sundays for service, smile at a few familiar faces, but then go home quietly. As we are brothers and sisters in Christ, let's get to know each other on a deeper level, in small groups, as close friends, so we can walk with each other in our journey with Jesus. And after all, it is Jesus. He is the one that out, who will knit our hearts together in love. Our goal is that all of us will reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So let's build one another up, instruct one another, and admonish one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Come, let us pray.
Father, I thank you for surrounding all of us with brothers and sisters after your own heart. And we are all seeking hard after you. Help us then, Lord, to build up each other, to instruct each other, and to admonish, if necessary, one another, Lord, as we draw nearer to you, as we live out our lives in front of others. May everyone know we are your children. And we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.